All right. Welcome to another episode of The Catholic Couple, Having Fun with Faith, Family, and Friends. I'm your co-host, Bobby Fredrickson. With me, as always, my beautiful wife. Katie Fredrickson. I'm the convert Catholic, and she's the... The cradle Catholic. And here we are on another episode, coming from you live, kind of. No, we're live. not live, it's live. we'll publish this later. It's Don't li- be a liar. That's a sin. It's live to us. <laughs> now. Saturday Night Live. But it won't be live when we publish it. That's how this works? Mm-hmm. All right, we're already discombobulated. It's all right. Start with the We prayer. can't control that. We can't control it. I see what you did there. Ooh. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, Taking as he did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. That I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Your, my version says, God, grant me the serenity of living one day at a time. Taking as Jesus did in the sinful world as it is, trusting in you, like it talks to God. Said, so if, if, if you don't know that, yeah, if you don't know that prayer, it's the serenity prayer. It's a very famous prayer. It's actually doesn't even necessarily have to be a Christian prayer. What, what my version did was put it, put Jesus, right? The, but it's a recovery. It's, it's, it started from, rec- it's a recovery prayer mm-hmm. for people who are in but it's very fitting. This is what our episode is. We're pretty much going to unpack the serenity prayer and, and apply it to, you know, I, I should say what's going on today. But my goodness, don't you feel like every generation has something that robs their their attention, their their joy, their, you know, that makes them worried? Like, we're not special I, I'm in the sense of, we don't have more problems than people did before us. Our problems are different, but wouldn't uh, yeah. you say we have? Well, what's the line? One of my favorite movies is Fight Club. And it just says that, you know, but this generation has no great depression. It has no great war. It's great war. It's with, with itself. Yeah. So there's so much time. It's postmodernist th- thought. There's just so this- much time, though, that people have compared to our ancestors where most of their waking moment was spent on surviving. survival yeah that's a good point that most of the most of their everyday life was spent on survival so they couldn't ponder bigger well a lot of people still sat down though and, and pondered philosophical things and had really deep discussions and i think that our culture now is not having those deep um, discussions as they don't have the attention span to so everything is superficial but then we have more time on our hands to overcomplicate. I don't know where I'm going with this, but well, okay. Well, what I would so, say, what I would say is that this is the hardest generation to be holy. That's what I would say. You would say that this is this is, this it, is it, the it, hardest generation to be holy. It, Why? Why would this generation be the hardest generation to be holy? Well, as a history, as a history major yourself, like I'm a social studies. I'm not just saying that. Well. I'm not just throwing stuff at the wind. I've, thought, no, I, I've been I, thinking about this. I know. For a while. I really want you to unpack that. That's actually a really bold statement. Well, for one, it's cell phones. It's like a walking. Everything at your fingertips. Everything is a temptation through the phone. So you have instant access. Let's just do the easiest one to 
for at least for men, which would be pornography or the sins of the flesh are the hardest for men mostly to to kind of get under control. Let's say back in the day, even when just when I was a little kid, if I if I wanted to somehow look at a porn, pornographic image, what would I have to do? I would have had to steal something from someone's dad. I would have had <laughs> the locks like, cabinet. Like nobody had like like movies. You couldn't just like get a movie. You like maybe you would get the JC Penny catalog or you would like watch an <laughs> R-rated movie, but like what there is available today, mm. like you had to work you would have had to work for it. Like you would have had to go to some sleazy truck stop to get a video. It was like embarrassing. Like you had to like put it under a different wrapper. Now it's like everyone has it on everyone's phone and anywhere, anytime, any place. Before it was so hard. It's just a lot harder in this generation because there's so much vying for your eyes, for your ears, for your attention mm-hmm. that there are literally thousands of businesses. That's what they're goal is all day long is to get your eyeballs to do things that are sinful or against the Lord and is working not only in the spiritual level, but we also have people in the physical world who are literally trying to get you addicted to gambling via sports betting apps, DraftKings, all these different places where they just want you to watch sports and gamble before even talking about gambling and sports was against the thing. So now you can just not before talk about it on the actual commercials for the game. So put it this way, before you get out of bed in the morning, you could already watch pornography, made a bet on, on, on football before the day even started, (laughs) got up, know everything was going on in the world, sent a, a, a ignorant email to somebody, um, Mm. uh, sent a tweet, really made 10,000 people mad at one time. Like you can like, it's like, it's exponential. You could violate a lot of Ten Commandments, a lot of it's commandments, and before and you even get out of bed at, at one time. <laughs> so I think, yes, do, do people, wow. were people always sinful? Yes, but do we have more access a- access and to different various and, ways to sin? Is that and, what you mean? Yeah, and then not only that, mm. we have the the you know, like they said in any a a, any crime, do you have the means, the the motive, or the the what's it, the means, the motive, or the means and motive? Those are the two means. Mm. So the means. You had the phone. You could do so much damage with just mm-hmm. that. The motive. Yeah, we're all sinful. We're all fallen to, to do it. And the opportunity. That's the other one. The opportunity. Well, no one's looking. I'm at home. I'm by myself. But what was the opportunity mm-hmm. before? It was like, good luck. It's like you had to go to what? Like P.B. Herman, go to a, a creepy movie theater? Like that That was like real. Like Yeah. Now it's innocuous. Now so many people just. You don't know. Are, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's keep a little I mean, bit. At least that's from a men's perspective right let's look a little bit let's keep let's stay a little longer on media for a minute because it is what we are allowing ourselves to consume and what we're uh, objecting ourselves subjecting ourselves to for example just the other day me and you were watching a roast of dean martin that would have been on would, would that have been on prime time well yeah there wouldn't what am I saying? There would have only been two, five, seven, nine. Like there wouldn't be that many channels from 1976, I think, or something like that. And while some of the humor was a little crude, like I would say PG crude, right? A roast today would have had the most disgusting and disturbing references and uh, cut downs and, and put downs that would be, you know, over the top. Well, while maybe the guy joked about his the, the other guy's weight or said something about someone being old. It was Don Rickles and it was, you know, 
Jimmy Stewart was on it. It was just like making, making old fun of him. How old he was. Jimmy, are you awake? You know, stupid thing. His delivery was funny. But we didn't really laugh that much. Why didn't we laugh that much? Because why? Because we're so used to uh, the the over the top. Over the top. We we have to. So does every generation then have to outdo themselves in, you know, what is the, of content that you know to, for shock value that we've become numb to things. And so what what I'm saying is, even what's on our prime time now would have not been allowed back then, right? Like then we watched um, Chicago PD, all the blood that was everywhere in this crime scene, and the the photos and the just the certain references and things that they talked about that would have never been allowed back then. I'm not I'm not good old good old daying anything. I'm I'm saying. What you're what you're saying as far as like what we're subjecting ourselves to, what would what we're constantly bombarded with, right? What we're constantly bombarded with that we become numb to, and that becomes an acceptance of a norm. Correct. Yeah and no. I mean, yes. Yeah, some people will normalize it. Some people are, are always going to say that it's wrong, and we should. But I think yes. I think technology makes it faster and more convenient for people to sin if you're however if you're an addict you're still going to find a way to get the drug even if it's harder you know look at crackheads crackheads will do anything to get their drugs if that means climbing through houses and getting Mm -hmm. copper and then taking it to wherever they will go on quests to go do different things so yeah yes the will will be strong once you're in the you know the clutches of addictions and things like that that however if it's really easy and it's real kind of anonymous so-called anonymous mm-hmm. that it, it's just a lot easier to you know to do to, it do to, it to, to do it and to make it feel like okay well everyone else is like doing it's a norm it, or no one else will to normalize know, it to normalize it look at how quickly how quickly it didn't take many decades for cohabitation to be a total norm no. for having a child out of out of wedlock to be a complete norm there is no stigma attached to that anymore. And unfortunately there should be. I mean, just the statistics alone bear out the, the you know, the, the chances of it succeeding is slim to none. You know, that's the truth. And unfortunately it seems fuddy duddy yeah. or old fashioned, but the reason why things were old fashioned and that they stood the test of time is because they worked. Cause and that's for what us, the truth does. The truth stands the test of time. It stands and, through fads and, and it, and it always will. Because when everything falls apart, which it will and it does, the things that stand mm-hmm. are, or the things that are tested over time and that at last is that there, there's a genius to what we believe and why we believe it and why God set it up that way. It's for our benefit. But sometimes it, it, it seems because it's not our plan that we wouldn't do it this way. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like how could I get peace and serenity by trusting something outside of myself like serenity would be everything's going the way that I want it to go when the way I want it to go and how I want it to go it when I want it to go that way because I said so and put it where exactly that sense of controlling it and directing it and we all know that feeling because but that's, we, we that's try an to idea do, that you're the center of the universe too well that's how we practically live our lives though that's how many people they get up and practically live their lives as we may say that we're Christians, but we live our lives practically as atheists because who said that that's a line from somebody. Oh, I mean, a lot of people have said it, but I mean, it's true. 
I mean, do how, you how think, many people throughout their day stop and say, God, what do you want me to do? And this isn't a, uh, you know, a negative. It's not an this indictment. Is, this is, I'm this an is indictment supposed to be sure. uh, a, we can, we know the weight of, of our time. And we know in that weight of our time, people could feel hopeless, but we don't worship a God of hopelessness. We worship a God of hope. And I think that it's so important for us to have these conversations and know that there is a different way to perceive. We can acknowledge, or I have a question. Do you think we're, do you think our, we're in a social decay? And how long do you think we've been in it if we are in one? I mean, it's hard to not think that. I mean, it's really hard not to think that. However, we have to take a 30,000-foot view. Is that just United States? I mean, look at the rest of the world. I mean, like I guess, I guess. Africa and a lot of these other countries are fighting back against some of these other, you know, just the the teaching with the Pope, this new clarification about the about the blessing stuff. The African bishop said, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So around the world, you know, some people are still fighting against some of these norms that are supposedly norms that they're fighting uh, for the truth. And what happens? They stood up and said, no. What happens when you stand up and say no? Sometimes people back off. Mm. They don't want to be messed with. I think God is waking us up from out of a lukewarmness. That's what I think is happening. Well, let's hope. I just shared a couple of days ago in our story a post from one of my favorite Protestant brothers is uh, Francis Chan. And he shared a whole thing about lukewarmness. You know, we just had this conversation a couple of days ago about coffee because Katie just absolutely cannot drink like not hot coffee oh or cold coffee. Oh my gosh, it's coffee. so gross. So, well, I drink iced coffee. So I, like I said, you yeah, drink iced coffee. lukewarm <laughs> coffee makes you want to throw up. Yeah. And it does. It does. It's neither iced or hot. It's neither warm nor cold. So you want to yeah. spit it out because, because it doesn't taste good. So it, it's, it's something to it. Mm-hmm. But what Francis Chan was trying to allude to is that, unfortunately, too many, most people don't even know that that's what they are or that there's something else available, mm-hmm. that there's something else that God wants more from us, that he doesn't want this minimalism of, well, you know. Mediocrity. I, I'm trying to be a good person. Mm-hmm. I go to church on Sunday. Right. And when I read his book, Crazy Love, I literally told Katie, I said, hey, um, I think I'm a little, I know I'm extreme and I'm kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. I, I think we should <laughs> just put our house up and sell it. Just mm-hmm. move and just trust God to, she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I read the book. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think that's what God's calling us to do. We should just sell the house, move with my mom, and just be ready to move because I think he's calling us to something. Right. And uh, and it turns out, yeah, she, you know, Katie ended up becoming a principal, and there's a whole story with that. But how many people are there are in tune to what God's will is? You know, that's what how we started the prayer. The prayer is God. So he's starting there first. God, Lord, grant me. So give it to me. Not that I already have it. Give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Okay, so let's start there. And we need to acknowledge that in our society, there are things we cannot change. And we talked about some of them. We're just scratching the surface. We are not going to unpack all these things. And whether you're, you wherever you are in a political spectrum, we all can agree that it's pretty messed up. 
No matter where you're so at. So the word the word serenity, you know, there's some funny like serenity now, serenity now. What is that from Seinfeld? Yeah. Was it yeah. Uh, his dad? Uh, yeah, Castan- George's dad. Castan- Serenity now. Serenity now, yeah. <laughs> so it's December. like peace, you know. But the, but the peace that we're talking about is the peace of Jesus. The peace that when he says peace, it isn't just an absence of war. It's not just a, yes, it's not just exactly. a negative aspect. It's also a positive part. It's more internal. It's a sh- this is an internal thing that we it's should a both. have. It's, a both a, it's an absence and it's an arrangement. So peace isn't just absence of war. It's also tranquility of order is that there could be no serenity if there's not peace within you in your soul. There's not right. If your soul isn't rightly ordered, if you have a lot of disorder or sin or things that are going on, it's hard to have things in order. If your spiritual life or things in your life are in disorder, how could you have order if it's in everything's all over the place? So, we're asking God, for, we need you to grant us this peace, the peace that only you can give, mm-hmm. the serenity that only you can give, to give us that peace. Give us that absence of war, but also an understanding of what true peace is. Not the phony peace where people who say there's peace, there's peace, when there is no peace. Mm-hmm. Those are like the people who are like in a, in a, in a home and, you know, there's always these little arguments going on, but nothing's ever said. And it's always just frustrations and things are always just kind of, you know, swept underneath the rug. And then all of a sudden there's these huge explosions because it, it didn't go away. No one swept anything under the rug. It just got pushed on, pushed on, pushed on until eventually it came out until it just exploded. You know, so what granting, you know, the serenity is even when, say it again, say, say, the, say the prayer. So grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. So, so we don't have control over world leaders. You know, I, I feel like this is a fitting episode to have as we embark on another uh, edu- um, election year, <laughs> which I don't even want to talk about, like step my foot on it, you know. but so, so let's just start there. So what are some things we cannot change? We cannot change our world leaders. And we we do cast a vote. So we have a, a tiny should still little, vote. we should still but, but absolutely what, so, vote. So let's, let's Our participation go, in that what does are other have things affected. We cannot, control? we cannot control others in general, okay. whether they're world leaders or your spouse or your children, neighbor kind of, or your boss, right? or your neighbor or your boss or your friends or your not or so much friends, right? Like you cannot control others. Um, I'm going to read an excerpt out of my, I'm doing that Magnify 90 again. I've, I've talked about it on other podcast episodes. It's where for 90 days you dif- do different mortifications and uh, you pray a different, you pray about a different um, virtue every um, week. This week was gratitude and this is just so fitting. It made me think to, for us to do this episode. It says, in today's age of constant media, it's easy to get bogged down with problems, even those within the church. So again, we're not just talking about our our leaders in our country. There's also leadership in our church, and we are becoming very divided amongst our church because of different ways I think the media exploits it, but also different ideologies that are are coming to a head in the church as well. We worry that the world is senseless, that people are messing everything up, 
or that it's all spiraling out of control. Because we actually have very little control over other people, we fear that their unfaithfulness or perceived lack of holiness will encroach upon our path which is hard enough with obstacles from, without obstacles from others. And this is what Satan wants. He desires chaos and worry. And rather than let the devil continue to distract us, we must, we must focus on our own personal holiness and not let the woes of the world divert us from gratitude that God invites us to have in our life, in our faith, in our love. You know, um, it goes on to say we shouldn't we should avoid negativity and look for the good in even the people we don't think are doing the right thing. That you can speak the truth, admonish the sinner. We are supposed to do that, but we need to do it with charity and love. And we can more effectively invite others into a life of virtue through our peace and unshakable joy. Um. We shouldn't spend our precious time and mental space on issues we can't do anything about. (laughs) When they do naturally come to our attention, prayer and fasting are the route we should take rather than judgmental gossip. Yeah, I think that's that's, so good. That's that's the punchline there is that. Right. So, some of the, so, so what are the things that we cannot change? Cannot change others. That's the main one. Cannot change others. So, who are others? Any. Anyone and everybody other than ourselves. Right. And that's why it says in, in this, we should really be focused on our own personal holiness and not what other people are doing. Now, again, like she said, it doesn't mean that we don't admonish the sinner. We don't point out what wrong is wrong and right is right, which is our, unfortunately our world is flipping that upside down. Wrong is right and right is wrong. It's not saying to not speak out. What it's saying is that that should not rob you of your joy that shouldn't be all consuming of what you talk about and complain about and did you hear this and they did this and they said this this and like and putting it out on social media and arguing those things are not fruitful and it's what the devil wants because he wants to divide and he wants to perpetuate negativity right yeah and i think i think that's a, a big part of of control or the apparent what we think is control, especially like I said, if that's you know last week we had an episode about our children, so how to have a, a domestic church, you know, too much we want to control even our kids from what they listen to, who they hang out with, to where they're going to go, what sports they're going to play, and all these things, and what grades they're getting, and making sure they're they're doing this and doing that, and we're so focused on trying to control our kids instead of trying to encourage them or guide them or to lead them or to inspire them, mm-hmm. and instead of us you know, trying to, to, to control them instead mm-hmm. of guiding them. Or I, I also want to take that a step further that a lot of parents feel like they want to control that narrative for their kids about what the world's really like and try to, you know, take away obstacles from their life. You know, we need to be truthful about what the world is and we need to help them navigate it. And sometimes that is allowing, which is so hard, allowing them to make the mistakes and pick themselves, you know, help them put it back together and know that well, we're going to get into that in the second so, part of the prayer. It talks all about that exactly what, mm-hmm. what that is. So the, the part about the control. So some of the things that what, what it's saying to do is grant me this, the peace to accept the things I cannot change. So, so thing, let, let, so the, but the one thing we haven't talked about, which most people, which ha, has problems with why they can't have serenity or peace, because the one thing that they cannot change that we didn't talk about yet is the past. 
Right. And that's a big part. Even if it is something they did, they can't change the past. No matter who did it. Yeah. So it's like you can't change others or yourself in the past. You can't. Right. And, And so a lot of people continue to focus like for example you know just last week and, and just like in, in any game you can see like a, a a kid misses a shot and there are they're still thinking about the shot on the way down to the, the court for the next play to play defense mm-hmm. is that they can't change the miss but they can change how much effort or what they put into this to next play to try to steal the ball back or to yeah. play the ball. but they're instead they want to focus on these energy and too much that's what we do is that we're focused. We should learn from it, which is fine. We should you learn can, you from can it think about it, think on. about it as a mistake, but you have to move on. But we have to also, though, ask God to free us of that wanting to control because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us want that. We don't want to let go of that control. We don't want to let go of that feeling of mm-hmm. playing God because that's yeah. ultimately what we're doing is that right. a lot of people like that because they want to be, you know, a lot of times you'll hear them say, well, I'm type A, I'm a driver, I do this, I want to do this, I want to micromanage. I just, you know, because I know I trust myself and I can do all this stuff and I know I'm, I'm good at it and blah, 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 blah. But no, you're a control freak and you just want to do everything and you just want to micromanage, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. Some people are doing that, but that's not going to bring you any peace. It's just making you a, a psycho. You know, it's like, (laughs) no, I think it makes you, I think that's your road to burnout. I think it's your road to number. Well, let's just look and see what that says. If you want to do everything and then you say you're on a team or is that you don't trust anybody else, Mm -hmm. you don't, you know, you're not, you're not reciprocal. There's a lot of other reasons other than you can't control everything is that you shouldn't try to, because it's not number one, it's not nice. You shouldn't try to control your spouse or your kids or your employees you should try to lead them mm-hmm. which is something totally different mm-hmm. than trying to control them or to manipulate them or to do those kinds of things but people are only led by their dreams so you have to set up something as a vision for them to work towards i think expectations are okay. a part of that sometimes people have unrealistic expectations of others and also on um, expectations in general that aren't communicated. And so when the other person isn't meeting the expectations and you you don't have control over that, but you never even set them, maybe that is part of the yeah, control that's, part. That's, or that is maybe something you can change. Well, so that's the second part of the prayer. Well, that was the line that I heard. I don't know if you said it or I forgot where I heard it. Is that, what is it? Is un, uncommunicated expectations equal, always equals resentment. Yeah. Because you're expecting someone else to do something that you're assuming that they thought they knew right. what you th- were thinking. Right. You didn't actually communicate it clearly mm-hmm. what you were expecting from the other person. And, and is, then you're resenting yeah. them, even though you didn't tell them. They're, you're, they're not a mind reader. But we all right. do that, if we're honest. We do. And you know what? There's this expectation, too, or this, uh, hmm, what's it called? I guess there's this general idea about what common sense is. And it's saying, well, did you communicate that? No, they should just know to do that. That's common sense. Well, no, that's not. We can't. You have to set clear expectations. So let's look at this. God grant me the assumption. uh, Yeah, that's an assumption. Right. And what happens when you assume? Uh, Or I'm never not supposed to swear on the Uh, the That is actually in the Bible. As a a donkey. Well, it is a donkey if you do that. (laughs) You're calling yourself a donkey? Oh, I guess you are. Okay. Well, good good news is Like you're dumb. But Jesus chose to ride what into this city? He rides us because yeah. we're all dumb asses. Jesus <laughs> continues to ride us today. Oh, uh, we said ass four times now. I think that was the fifth. Okay, the so ass word God, is also in the Bible. Yes, in it Philippians. is. Okay, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to th- change the things that I can. 
Now, the courage to change the things that I can, that is so, we can unpack that in so many different facets. First, what I think of, because of what we talked about, we can't change others. So we need to have a, a it's very courageous to acknowledge what you need to work on and change about yourself. That's step one. That's, it has to start there. Because we can see all these problems in the world and think there are ways to change them and have solutions. But if you don't have, like you said, your own self and your own peace right with you, that's going to transfer out. There are different ways to make a difference in this world. There are different ways to change the world. There are different ways. It does, though, start with your own personal holiness. And like you said, too, at the beginning, this, if, if, if it's true, if this is the hardest generation to be holy, then it's probably the hardest generation to have any peace or serenity. Uh, oh, a thousand percent. Because you don't have, you have so much distraction and you have so much, if you were on this quest for personal holiness and if personal holiness is what's going to change the world, then we're, we're in a, it's going to be a difficult battle and you're going to need courage to, to, to do it, right? Well, I, I think you're hitting it, you know, the courage to change the things that I can. So like you said, what are the things that we can change? That's ourselves. So what does Jesus tell us? Jesus tells us to do that. He says, look not in the speck in our neighbor's eye when we have a log or a beam in our own eye. Mm -hmm. Is that we're really quick to look at everybody else's faults. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, number one, we project our faults. We oversee the faults of other people, especially if those are the same faults within us because we have a sense of justice for that fault that we have within ourselves. So we see that in other people more frequently. I heard a good line that says, what we focus on is kind of what we get, but wherever wherever you focus, wherever you focus towards, that's where the energy flows. So if you focus on other people, your energy, if you're focused on other people negatively, so what, what's going to flow there? Your negative emotions about the person, it's not going to be good. If, you, if you're complaining about somebody or this person's that or this person's this mm. and you're just thinking about it all the time, mm. well, number one, it's not going to make it any better. It's just making you mm. bitter and angry and mm. talking bad about other people. Mm -hmm. But when we shift that gaze inwards and we see that, hey, I, I have this beam in my own eye, mm -hmm. it's painful to pull it out. Mm -hmm. But it's that once we can pull it out of our eye, then and we can weeds. see it. We, it's weeds that need to continually be rooted out. It's not something again. that needs to be that you get the beam out and it never comes back. It's the weeds that keep on coming back. But it's, but if we don't pull it out, then yeah. we can never ever see other people clearly. Yeah. If we don't take it, how can we give anybody else advice on anything mm. if we aren't first doing it ourselves? Mm -hmm. So it's like somebody who's a trainer at the gym who's morbidly obese trying to let other people know on how to, to get do. into shape. <laughs> yeah. And it's, people won't take that person serious. Not right. that they don't know. Right. It's a one thing. That's what this prayer is saying. It's one thing to know that's the intellect, but the will is where saints are made. Saints, saints are made in what they know, what people know. Yes. It's necessary. So you can know the person better to love them more, mm -hmm. but it's our choice obviously. And, and more importantly that, makes saints so the courage to now i have to do something it's one thing okay grant grant it to me grant me this peace 
to accept things I can't change. It's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't it, stop that, there. That's the but, first line. But, but that that first it starts line, though, there, that's, but it doesn't that, stop. There. But that's the first part is passive. Mm-hmm. Grant it to me. Receive yeah. it. And now I, that I have I, but, this, but I first have to receive it. Right. So the first step is God. God, you first give it to me, mm-hmm. so then I can know what what I can't change. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. focus on this thing. I'm not going to spend all my time and energy on all these things right here, on this person, on that, on this, on this. Okay, God, give me the vision, mm-hmm. not focus on these things. Okay, but what what, what should I focus on? Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, don't do this, don't focus on that, don't do this, don't do this. Okay, God, now tell me what should I focus on? And if you ask God, honestly, in the morning, if you get up, sit at the end of your bed and just take a minute, just say, God, what's one thing today that I should do or not do? And just sit and wait. God, name one thing I should do today. I promise you, he will put something in your head. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, it'll be something you do not want to do. <laughs> call, the obstacles the way. <laughs> call this person who <laughs> who you don't want to. This conversation <laughs> that you need to have with so-and-so or mm-hmm. these things. And he will answer. Mm-hmm. But you have to be brave enough to ask because he will answer. So to have the courage to have the heart to accept it yeah. that, Hey, I'm going to do the thing that I had to do. And what are the things that we need to do? Those are usually the things that we've been avoiding. The things that are put off, the things change is uncomfortable. And it's painful. Mm-hmm. So what are usually the things that we should do? If this is in the spiritual life, okay, I should pray more. I shouldn't make, if I go to church, I, go, I need to go to confession. I need to go to mass. I should probably be eating better. I should probably sleep better. I should probably not watch so much Netflix. I should probably go to the gym. I should probably read more. I should probably play with my kids more. I should call my mom. I mm. should do my dishes. I should do all the things that we know we should do. Right. Knowledge isn't the problem. No. The second part, it it's has to action. do with our will. Yeah. Why should we do these things? What's mm. the why? You know, if we can get to, hey, God, grant me this peace. It's worth it mm. because the peace... If you felt this peace that God gives, you'll be willing to work that hard to have that peace. And this might seem overwhelming and daunting. I'm going to keep on going in the prayer. It says, so obviously, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? So in in that takes prayer, that takes reflection, that takes contemplation, that takes... Um, in internal retrospect it takes you know looking and, and trust in god and the next part is but, but it's it's pretty easy to know that a lot of it though because we, we we just talked about what what are the things that, so the things you can't change is others so right? we know already but, don't, don't focus on don't focus but on sometimes that. your own personal actions do change how others see you how others view you how others react to you i think that it's it's a little more complex. While you cannot you cannot change others and you cannot control anyone, you do you really only can control yourself and that it does take courage to acknowledge and accept your role in a lot of the negative aspects of your own life. Absolutely. It starts with you. But I think that you then can have an impact on others and how they treat you and how they foresee you as well. Yes? Yeah, I think so. But if you just honestly go into the those relationships based on 
just loving them, not based on how, how you're going to make them act or behave. Oh, it's, or that's what not what I mean. That's so yeah, you're I mean. still what going to interact with other people. What I'm but saying for is example, like say there's somebody who annoys you. Mm-hmm. And that's how I really use this prayer on a regular basis because people bother me. Yeah. And I would know that. So I'm... I'm not praying. But have but but sometimes I think trying a different approach with that person who annoys you might change the outcome of sure. conversations. So if certain sure. things they do annoy it, you and you have, but, are just always but, doing the same thing. But what did I change? I changed me. That's I what I just said. Yeah. So no, the wisdom is to know the difference. But it, the difference isn't other than how the, your approach with yourself. The, the approach doesn't have to do with other people. It has no. to do with how you deal with other people. That's Those people what could I'm be saying. in any those people could be in any state. Yeah. Th- those things don't matter. What I'm trying to say is though, it's not as complicated because we know those things that need to be controlled mm-hmm. and how it needs to change. It's us every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It's never anybody else. So th- how we do it is the who is there, but how is that, that changes from, from different person. Right. But like I said, the, the, the wisdom that, that doesn't come normal though. That only comes from one place that comes mm-hmm. from prayer. Mm-hmm. or yeah. what, what the Bible calls wisdom is like prudence, which is making right decisions on moral things. Mm-hmm. So not like, oh, okay, I invested this money to make money on cryptocurrency or something. No, the, the wisdom that it's talking about here is the wisdom that comes from, you know, like Solomon, you know, God granted him any wish that he wanted. And what did he ask for? He, he prayed for wisdom. Mm-hmm to make right decisions at the right time to help people to do those things. And, and if you have wisdom, then you'll know those other things will be added onto it. And wisdom comes from experience too. So you're asking God in the serenity prayer, uh, you know, grant me serenity and peace, help me to accept things I can't change and courage. And it, within my life, I'll, I'll, I need to know the difference between those two things, and it comes with time. And that's the next part of the prayer is acknowledging that this happens over time slowly. Like you, what's that famous line, you, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So the next part of the prayer is living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. Yeah, not even, it's breaking it down even smaller, is that that present so a day is sometimes not even enough. Mm-hmm. It has to be broken down into, into a moment. Like in this moment right now, I have a decision to do the right thing and the wrong thing and which one am I going to take? And in this argument right now that I'm having with this other person, I can't control them. I can only control myself and my reaction to what they're saying to me right now in this moment. In this moment when my kid is talking back to me, I have the, I can't control them but I can control me and I'm going to, you know, ask God to help me not lose my temper. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it is, it is a, and it's also living in the present moment too. It's not looking back at the past, like you said, because it's not anything you can control or change. It's not looking to the, to the future, which is things we worry so much about. Well, if this politician does this and this and my future and my grandkids and this, oh my goodness, we could go crazy consuming all the media that we consume, worrying about what the state of the world is going to be. Yes, we should be educated. Yes, we should know what's going on. We should have be informed voters. We should um, do what we can to change the world. And that is work on ourselves and enrich the people that God has put in our lives with the truth and sharing that truth in, in love, with charity, not in 
arguments and blows and insults, but in, in truth and in love. And we live our lives in love and show the joy and peace that we have in the midst of turmoil, that's attractive. It's easier said than done, though, so you have to do it one moment at a time or else it's overwhelming. you got to take it one situation at a time and let it unfold and work on it and acknowledge that you're not always going to, you are not going to always have it perfect. That's why that next part is accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. What is that um, Rick Warren says about people who bother us are our sandpaper, that you know, they teach us how to love. So the more exposure we get to those people and how we handle them in that present moment can refine us in our skills on how to truly love even the most difficult people. But I think also the difficult situations too refine you like sandpaper. And then when you're on the other side of them, maybe not in the moment, that's where that wisdom to know the difference is, you know, that peace comes later, sometimes in the hardship You don't see it, but outside of that hardship, you do so that when later hardships come, you embrace them and know that they are a a refinement. You talked about working out. That right there, in the pain of the workout, persevering through because you know the fruits that come later, but you only know those fruits if you've worked out for a long, like if you're a beginner, it's going to be, it's a lot harder, but that's where wisdom does come in. It's wisdom through that experience. Yeah, but it's also practically building in resilience is that those things that those those pathways of why you're able to do it is because that's the the genius of how god designed our bodies Mm -hmm. is that our bodies need hardship that's the way that they literally grow like if you want to do something new it literally starts to create new pathways all growth is in discomfort any all growth is in discomfort but it's really but that's that's the beauty of it is that always growing, always adapting if, mm-hmm. is that we're, we're trying to find these ways where resistance eventually gets you th- to this piece, but you have to go through the resistance. Through the thing and not you avoid the thing. It. And that's why it's talking about it being courageous to change the things but that it's the I o- can but change. But it's, it's the only pathway to peace. Mm-hmm. How did Jesus, Jesus went to the cross to get to the crown that he promised us that his followers were going to have a rough time. Why? Because he doesn't like us Mm -hmm. because he's mean. Mm -hmm. No, because this is the way that the world works in general. Jesus didn't come to, you know, redo the physics of the world. This is the way the world was set out from the very beginning that these are the things that happen that, you know, hard work needs to, you don't just get food. You got to put in a lot of work to put a seed into the ground and water it and till it and do all these things. And what is that doing in that waiting and that patience? It's helping you to, to, to be trusting and to have faith and to, to work with God mm-hmm. to, to, to provide. But, you know, what I've learned in my life is that those obstacles are those ways to, to peace. The, those things that are hard, it was because we didn't know how to do it. Then once you know how to do it, a lot of times those things were hard before. Now they're not hard. Now they're, you know, yeah, it's a little, you know, yeah, working out is still hard. You still have to go over, you know, you still have, you know, inertia to get through and you got to force through different things and it's still hard. But that tension that it creates within you helps strengthen you. And we should always have that tension. You should never be like, oh, I, I have, I finally figured it all out. I got it all together. I'm in best shape I can ever possibly be. I'm smartest I'll ever be. I got enough everything. 
Like, no, you're always happy with what you have, but always working to improve. Exactly. To get so better. Romans three, Romans five verses three through five. Not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Meaning, again, that serenity, hope gives you peace. And and that that can be, like you said, in the midst of the war. That hope, hope, stre- it stre- hope, hope, strength- hope stretches the faith. Right. Strengthens it. Right. Because you have to hold to it. Mm-hmm. And the longer like you hold to it. If I got through it, this, I could get through this. Exactly. Does that make sense? So in in the serenity prayer, it talks about, Taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. And I think that we need to remember that this world has fallen. There's nothing new under the sun. I think that you're right. I think that sin is more accessible, and that's why it's harder to be holy in this generation. But there isn't any new not, sins. And it's not our happening. job, though, to convert and change people the way that we want to. We should be praying for them, inviting them. Exactly. Prayer but, but, and fasting, inviting them, and living by our own example of holiness and what we can cultivate in our own self is the best. But way nagging to reach them, anyone. complaining to them. Yes. But no, encouraging them, giving them books, praying for them, right. doing things that are positive, not. And not, not judgmental. Not Yeah. Show, show them a faithful witness. Show them a joyful witness. Right. Like, make your life. <sighs> Be an example of something that they want to 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 have for themselves. Is it mm-hmm. something that they would want, or is it like, well, it just seems like it's just more stuff you got to do. You're you're, no. like, you're like this, you're, you're like the same as me. You're not any more happier. It seems like you yeah. guys all you do is you just, just fight do too. more extra stuff. You just do a lot right. of extra stuff. Why would mm-hmm. I want to do that? If we're not any different, we're not changed. Right. Those around us aren't aren't mm-hmm. going to want to try to to try to see what it's all about. So the next part of the prayer is trust. Trusting that you, or for in your version is trusting that God, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to your will. And you know, I, I recently had a very strong adoration experience where I just sat in adoration and I just went through my entire body. I, I contemplated that whole idea of uh, we are soul, body and soul. We are not, that's what makes us human. That we are not just souls and we are not just bodies. That we are a body and a soul. And If that's true, and if I'm to trust God and if I'm to surrender everything to him, then I need to give him everything. So I, I went through each body part. I give you my mind. I give you my, my mind and my thoughts and my dreams and all my negative and positive and all my emotions. I went through my whole thing. I give you my nervous system. I give you my eyes and the things I see. I give you what I'm listening to. I give you what I'm, I give you my tongue and the things I say. And I give you my lips and the, you know what I'm saying? Like I went through, I went through my heart. I went through my lungs, my breath. I went and just like did a whole body scan. And I just said, I give this to you and I surrender this to you. And it was so freeing to do that, to surrender it all really all of it. And I'm starting to see that now, like I'm starting to in the morning. Yeah, it's a habit sometimes like after my prayer to go through like my, what I'm going to, what's on my calendar for today. Instead, I'm walking, walk, walk me through my calendar. I surrender this meeting to you. I surrender this 
time that I'm doing this with you, you know, I'm going through and I'm praying for the people I'm going to be with. It's, it's still the same activities, but I'm surrendering those moments to him. And it's so powerful to surrender each thing to him and trusting that he'll make it good. And it's been fruitful. And it has brought me serenity and peace because I'm knowing I'm taking what I'm trying to control all the time and I'm putting it right in his hands. And it takes work and it's hard. And when I catch myself being that control freak, I say, oh, sorry, this is yours. Same thing like, oh, I'm a principal at a Catholic school. That is his school. Those are his teachers. Those are his students. And, and the more I ask to be an instrument to him, and the more I give him my calendar and give him, it's the fruit is just coming in ways that I never realized it would come. And it's such a simple action to take. And it's actually like, it's liberating, you know? It's simple and it's liberating. His burden really is light. When you're, it, it's so cyclical because one thing can just knock you down. But that's why that Peter walking on water is my absolute favorite story as I could be walking on water, which I think I am now because I'm in that surrender ever since I went to that adoration. I don't feel like everything's overwhelming me. I'm surrendering everything to him. Everything's going great. I'm seeing all this fruit. It's going to take us some, some kind of blow. I know it. It's going to knock me out of that and back down into that water. But what does Peter do? He takes his eyes off Jesus. He's not able to walk on the water. The storm, the wind, is against him. That's all the things of this world. That's the things that overwhelm us in this world. And all he has to do is say, Lord, help me. And he pulls him right out. And that's, that's just, I have to constantly remind myself of that. And that's what this prayer is saying. Surrender it all and trust. And it says, so that I may reasonably be happy with you in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. That's not saying I'm going to be happy every day and things are going to be easy all the time. That's accepting that it's not. I just want reasonable happiness, but I want joy and peace and serenity always, even in the storm. I'm walking on the water. I'm walking on that water and those waves and that wind that's against me. I don't, it doesn't matter because my eyes are fixed on him and I've given those things that push me around to him. And I can, I, I can navigate. I can, I can overcome it. I'll take reasonably happy anytime over miserable and... And worried and distressed about what's uh, going to happen. Did you hear this? Did you hear that so-and-so said this? Did you hear that they put out this document? Did you hear this? Oh, no, let's just, you know, it's just, what? But the piece of my life since I, I stopped, I got off of Twitter after 2016 election, I haven't paid attention that much on any of it. I feel my, like it, my it comes and, and goes. Ser- my serenity has like gone through the roof. I just. I don't even care about how many different horrible uh, tragedies that were reported on that I don't need to hear about that are probably not even fully true. Like how much do we even know that's being reported is accurate? Like I don't trust I'm it fo- anyway. I'm too focused on so trying to be a, the best I can be. This, this best world dad, is temporal, right? This world is temporary. And so why would you, why would you spend waste time enslaving yourself to the temporary when you could be cultivating the, the forever? Stop reading the times and start reading more of the eternals. Oh yeah. You know, Who that, said that? Somebody said that too. It wasn't me. No. It wasn't I'm you. I'm not that original. No. A few original ideas here. So you there. read this stuff, but then you don't remember who said it. That's the problem. 
I believe Peter Kreft said that. Oh, I can see him. That's that's pithy like that. Well, you know? we should be spending more time in the Bible. We should be spending more time on those things. It, because it, those things are filled with tragedy and new, like, my goodness. Yeah, but we can learn from those things. Exactly. You're not, you're not going to learn about uh, what, you know, so-and-so said on CNN to so-and-so on Fox <laughs> yeah. and what so-and-so politician is going to do in latest? Iowa. No, I don't care. Him. I don't I, care. I, I, yeah, we, we should be somewhat informed. But yeah, it's not at, saying to put your at, head at in the, the sand, the, but don't the let day, it steal your joy and, and make you If it's stealing your serenity, yes. then, then let it go. Exactly. So. And, and that's true, too, of our church. If you're worried about the leaders of our church, pray for them. If you're worried about the leaders of our church, fast. Work on your holiness. Frequent the sacraments. The gates of hell do not prevail. Don't leave our church. Don't, you the, know. The church has, like you it's, said, it's pray, always had a Judas. Pray, pray, <laughs> Judas has always pray, been around. Pray, fast, and almsgiving is the secret to everything. Yeah. Pray, fast, give. I mean, it, mm. it's just what it is. And Lent's around the corner, so yeah. uh, the best we could do, like I said, is make sacrifices, make mortifications, deny yourself, go without. You become what you want to what you, what you see in the world. You become that example to other people inspire other people to be holy inspire other people to serve inspire other people to read their bible every day to go to church every day or so this isn't just a oh the world sucks i'm not going to do anything about it it's the opposite it's taking actions and the things that you actually can control impacting the lives that you can impact but you're impacting lives not controlling not not having expectations and when they're not met you you freak out. It's it's more of a, when you are living your vocation and your calling and what God has created you to be, what St. Catherine of Siena said, when you are who God made you to be, you will set the world on fire. That is true. And, and it's not because you made anybody do anything, but it's because of you working on you and cultivating yeah, you, the gifts and the talents and the, and you want to help ever, other made. people. You be a better person. You be a better coworker. You be a better husband. Mm-hmm. You be a better father. You be a better Catholic. You right. be a better Christian. Right. You do those things and you're work it. On That's your locus you uh, of do. your sphere of influence, work right. there. And if you, and if everybody did that, but, imagine our. World. But if you want, to, but if you really do want to help change other people, then you need to be the kind of person where they would listen to you. Oh yeah, be the change that you want to be. Be, in be the, the world, light. Right? We we've said so many um, cliches in this uh, episode, yeah, but, but they're but cliches are like you said, some truths uh, are old or things that are old fashioned, or some I- ideas are have sustained the test of time because they're truth. But if you want to spread peace around, you need to have peace first. Right. You want to spread love around, you have to be filled with love first. Mm -hmm. You want other people to have money, you got to have some money. You can't Mm -hmm. give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And peace is the number one thing that anybody can have. Mm -hmm. The peace that God gives. It's better than money. Even better than love. It's better than injustices. If there's injustice in the world, we can't let that rob our joy. We have to trust God's plan, even though we don't see the full thing. But I think, like you said, it takes surrender. You know, it's a surrender to serenity. Mm -hmm. It's a surrender to God. It's letting go. It it should be also like a serenity, surrender prayer, because you have to let go. 
you know. So I hope this episode helps you guys out. The serenity prayer is not just for addicts or people in recovery. It should be for all of us because at the end of the day, we are all all addicted. We're all control addicts. We're sin addicts. Mm -hmm. We're all sinaholics. Exactly. And all of us are struggling. This, this, even if you can just remember the first part, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the Mm -hmm. courage to change the things I can, and the Mm -hmm. wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. That incorporates all the things that we're trying to do throughout the day by asking God, okay, hey, God, what should I do here? Hey, you know, oh, oh, go. Yes, no, wait. You know, that, that's basically it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. entrusting. And then, but how do we know? The only way we can know is through prayer and then talking to God and having that dialogue with God. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in this episode, you got a little bit some something from it that, you know, obviously we're not going to solve all the world's problems. But in this new year, let's try first by focusing on ourselves in this new year, trying to be 1% better, trying to spend more time in prayer to know where God is trying to call us to be faithful in what he's trying to get us to do in this new year, to let us get our houses in order first, get ourselves together, then our homes. And then we can work outwards to try to bring justice and subsidiarity and solidarity to this world that we can work to do those, but we can't do that without us first being whole ourselves. So on that note, we got anything to add? Do you want to end with the serenity prayer that we say again? We'll just book, bookend it. Bookend it. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father so. and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And if you could be so kind, don't be, be scared to on YouTube. We're all on the YouTube now. If you could subscribe to us on YouTube and we share a few different kinds of things over there. So if you can subscribe follow us on youtube instagram we're also on spotify uh you be so inclined to share like subscribe give us a review and reach out to us we'd like to hear from you so we really appreciate you guys' support and taking the time to listen to uh these two crazy catholics share our faith you're not so crazy are you mm, i'm okay I'm, I'm more the crazy one all right on that note Thank you guys so much. I really, 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 really do appreciate it.